The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum to all listeners and viewers. Welcome to the Health and Fitness Show. Uh, I am your host for today, Suleiman Rafiq, and we are broadcasting live from the studios of Inspire FM today on Thursday, the 15th of August 2019. Casting our positive vibes across Luton and surrounding areas, as well as reaching listeners via the Inspire FM website. If you prefer to watch as well as listen, you can do that via Facebook. All you have to do is go to the Inspire FM Facebook page and click on our live link. And I would like to take this opportunity to wish everyone a belated uh, Eid Mubarak. Hope everyone enjoyed themselves and Jazakallah um, to everyone that was involved in the Inspire Eid and the amazing fun-filled activities at Lucy Park. It was great to see so many of you. Before we go on to today's topic, um, I've been asked to say your help is needed to secure a healthier future for everyone in Luton. Earlier this year, NHS England set out its long-term plan. Health bosses in Luton, along with Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes, are now developing their own local plan and would want to hear public's views on what is important to them about the future of health and social care services across Luton, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes. To help secure a healthier future for everyone in Luton, we're asking you to please complete a short online survey at www.blmkpartnership.co.uk forward slash good ideas. So, as you know, we cover different health topics each week and today's topic was actually suggested by a listener and it's in regards to fertility and pregnancy. Now, today's show is live and the reason we do that is to allow you to get in touch and you can do this by text or WhatsApp on 0777-948-1822. That number again. O triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. A recent report from The Guardian outlined that of couples trying for a baby, 84% will conceive naturally within the first year, others after a little more time, but many continue to have problems. In July this year, a wellness company was forced to withdraw a £250 fertility boost after the British Pregnancy Advisory Service highlighted the product's lack of proven benefits. It accused the company of causing real damage to women's emotional well-being. The UK fertility industry is estimated to be worth more than £320 million and is growing all the time. An expensive vitamin drip that ironically contains ingredients that are all available and more easily absorbed in a balanced diet is just the tip of the commercial fertility iceberg. Ensuring that women and men achieve and maintain good health in their reproductive years is a public health challenge that impacts on future health for both themselves and their child. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by a range of local and national guests who will be providing expert advice and relevant guidance. So I'm going to start with our guest who's joining us on the phone. Uh, Anya, can I just ask you to introduce yourself, your role, and a bit about your organisation? 
Yeah, sure. So my name is Anya Sizer and I'm uh, the regional organiser for a national charity called the Fertility Network. And we support people at all stages of the fertility journey, um, but more specifically when people are struggling to conceive or coming to the end of treatments uh, or going through treatments, we're there with a range of services and uh, ways to support and help patients. Fantastic. Thank you very much for giving up your time to be with us this evening. Pleasure. Uh, Jane? Uh, so I'm Jane Piggott, Public Health Midwife at the Luton Dunstall Hospital, and I work quite closely with yourself and Luton Council. Thank you. Uh, Shanaz? Oh, thank you, Salimand. Um, Shanaz Akbar, I'm a consultant gynecologist and obstetrician, as well as a specialist in reproductive medicine and surgery. I am based at Luton and Dunstable Hospital as a senior fertility clinician. And I work privately at Spire Harpenden and One Stop Doctors as well. Great, thank you. And last but no means least. Hello, Solomon. I'm Linda Masterson and I'm the UNICEF Baby Friendly Initiative Coordinator for Luton Community Health Services, mainly working with the Not to 19 team. And I'm very proud to say that Luton Health Visitors are fully accredited with the Baby Friendly Initiative um, Award. Great. Thank you all very much for your time this evening. Uh, as I say, listeners, this is a live show, so please do get in touch. We've got a range of different guests who are happy to answer your questions. That number again, 077 Okay, so today's topic is in regards to fertility and pregnancy. Um, Shanaz, if I may, I'm going to start with you. What what do we mean when we use the term fertility? Salaman, thank you. The fertility actually is production of offsprings. It can be defined as the natural capability to produce offsprings. And when there is a lack of fertility, it is called infertility. And in the United Kingdom, almost one in seven couples suffer from infertility. And there are various causes which we'll be discussing in details later today in this program. But roughly one third of the couples have no cause, and which is called unexplained infertility, which could be related to stress, which we will elaborate more further. Mm. And one third of the causes are due to male factor, and remaining one third and over are due to female causes and combination of both male and female. Great, fantastic. And it's interesting to remember that in it's uh, quite equally split across male and female in relation to some of the issues that we'll be talking about. Um, Anya, if I may, I'd just like to come to you in relation to um, just expanding on some of the causes, diagnosis and treatments in regards to infertility. Yeah, certainly. So it's a, it's a very common issue. And I think for couples when they're facing uh, infertility, it's really worth remembering that it is uh, one in six or one in seven couples in the UK that experience infertility or subfertility, as it's sometimes um, referred to. Um, and it can be a, a huge range of issues that cause this. Um, it can be um, on the female side, anything to do with ovulation, or um, implantation issues. Um, it can be um, anything to do with um, maybe having left it a bit later in life and uh, egg quality issues. And then as you so rightly said, actually, um, it, it is about a 50-50 split in terms of um, the causes of infertility um, and whether it being female or male uh, fertility, yeah. So um, so men experience about 50% of the issues as well at the moment. Um, and um, that can be anything to do with sperm quality, um, semen um, issues. Um, but, it, but it is worth noting that, yes, certainly it is as many men as women uh, facing fertility issues at the moment. And so there's a wide range of issues. There's some great testing that is available for people and, and a range of ways to treat infertility. Um, so um, I would always encourage couples to, to try and find out what the issue is, if possible, um, and then to seek as much medical help as possible. Right. And I saw on your website today, just in relation to um, secondary infertility, can you just mm. explain what, what, that, what that means? 
Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up because actually it's an issue that's not always talked about. But um, we are seeing a rise in secondary infertility where uh, perhaps a couple have conceived um, maybe easily the first time and then go on to experience issues or maybe they have had issues the first time round and then still have issues um, having a second uh, or maybe even third child. And um, again, this is an issue that we're seeing increasingly um, because people often are leaving it late later to have children um, and then finding that maybe the first one comes along fairly easily um, and then the second one, because of the age issues, um, that there are problems with that. And secondary infertility often is met with um, a lack of understanding by people and a lack of sympathy sometimes because people will uh, look at a couple and think, well, you've got a child, surely you should be content. Mm -hmm. But actually the desire for a family for a second or third child can be just as strong, uh, if not more so, uh, with secondary infertility. And it's important, again, to seek medical but also emotional help for this issue. Sure. Jane, I'd just like to bring you in now from your perspective as a public health uh, midwife. Um, what can you tell us in relation to preconception care? So preconception care is um, related to the period pre-trying for a baby. So actually some people think it's actually when you're trying to fall pregnant, but actually it's a lot of getting yourself in the right, health, in, the, in the healthiest form to fall pregnant because that will then help you, um, especially men, to have the best quality sperm. So when you're talking about the infertility and struggling to conceive, if you are at your healthiest when you fall pregnant, it helps you in pregnancy. Um, the strains that pregnancy puts in your body, um, if you are healthy when you go into that pregnancy, obviously it's going to help you in pregnancy. So it's really key that we um, make patients or potential pregnant women and their partners aware that they are healthy they're going to help themselves in the long term Great. in the pregnancy and when we say healthy what exactly not are... overweight not overweight um okay. or ideally limiting the how, how overweight you are or at least getting some help into trying to reduce how overweight you are um reducing the smoking or ideally for pregnant women stopping smoking but obviously getting in the right direction limiting your alcohol intake um Exercise, making sure you're at your kind of physical, not prime, but at least mm. there's a healthy get out there and get walking for your 30 minutes five times a week. So you're taking on, you're taking on the adaptions that everyone kind of advises for the ideal kind of outcome that you want to achieve. Sure. And how important is like weight? I know smoking is often like, I think it's quite well understood. Yeah. Because uh, it's even on like the packets and stuff, isn't yeah. it? How it causes infertility and, yeah. and this kind of thing. But in relation to weight, I mean... Wait for Does us. that really have an impact? Yeah, because it's it's hard. When someone falls pregnant, um, you can't then say to them, you've got to go on a diet because mm. your body needs all the nutrients and goodness and foods. And it's not a case of eating for two. It is eating um, nutritiously and healthily for two. But it's already, if your body is already overweight and then you add a baby into the mix, you're going to then have more blood volume going around your body. And it puts a lot of strain in your body. Mm. There's a lot of strain in your heart and um, your lungs. So you actually, if you can put yourself in a peak condition prior to it, you're not putting as much strain on your body. You do have an increased risk if you are overweight in pregnancy or prior to pregnancy for complications. You're more at risk of a miscarriage. You're more mm. at risk of a stillbirth, unfortunately. And you're more at risk for complications in pregnancy like diabetes yeah. or other kind of potential obstetric risks. So therefore, if you can get yourself in that prime, and we can, then it's going to help. We're not saying be amazingly fit and healthy. I'm not saying go run a marathon before mm. you get pregnant. But make sure you're eating those healthy foods. You've got used to that kind of diet. You've got used to going out for a walk. So your body is in that supple, ideal situation to fall pregnant in rather than kind of being on the back burner mm. and having to catch up. So it really has, it's a, it's a proven kind of impact in relation to if you improve your diet and doing yeah. physical activity, that has a proven impact in relation to fertility yeah. for people that are looking to. Yeah. Okay. And I just um, want to come on to a point that was um, touched on by Anya. Um, Shinaz, I'll start with you if I may. It's just in relation to um, it, it, one of the reasons why we're, we're doing this topic. It was suggested by a listener. And, you know, I know of like friends and family and stuff where um, they've, they're, they've, they're struggling to have children um, and what what are some of the reasons for i mean often it's felt because you know, people are leaving it later in life um i mean does that does that does the data actually show that being impact yeah, yeah salaman 
as we all know most of us are uh, having children later in life that could be because of various reasons like education jobs careers establishment before they want to have a baby however this is very important to realize that if women's age is a crucial factor in reproduction and conception and there is evidence that uh, a woman's peak reproductive uh, reproduction years are between late teens and late 20s right and fertility starts to decline by age 30 years of age and this declines become very fast uh, over when women reaches mid 30s additionally by age 45 years it is very uh, the fertility declines so rapidly to the extent that getting natural conception is very difficult for most of the uh, couples hmm. so yes that is one of the factor and uh, there are other factors which are associated but my advice is to start if you are thinking of having a baby then don't delay it then mm. uh, to start as when you are he- healthy and uh, fertile so my advice is as uh, um, and i and has mentioned that uh, that and, and jane has mentioned that as soon as you are trying to think of having a baby make sure you are fit and healthy if you have any doubts then contact your gp to make sure the proper health checks are done especially the bmi weight mm-hmm. alcohol drugs any medical problem or any gynecological or problem or to the male any factors hmm. someone once said to me like you plan for wedding you plan yeah. to move house you need <coughs> to plan for your pregnancy you yeah. need to there needs to be preparation yes. for it otherwise you are kind of going in blind hmm. and don't be wrong well, I, I had a baby and I didn't plan for it but hmm. now obviously knowing what I know with, with midwifery and how um, it can impact it's so crucial hmm. and it's not as we're not, not saying kind of become the healthiest person you can be but be aware of it hmm. and limit the risks that you're going to put yourself at and like planned pregnancy is a term that's often used yes. what exactly do we mean when we when we say that hmm. A planned pregnancy is not everyone's going to plan a pregnancy. But when you, when you, if you are thinking about getting pregnant, think about how healthy you are. Could you do anything to help yourself? Also, get yourself checked because there's certain conditions that, as a, with the genetic conditions that can be passed down. Make sure that you're actually in a situation where you haven't got any, um, or, or checks that you can have done to make sure you're in, in the kind of an ideal place. Sure. I also add that people have a, a, a belief that we can delay our pregnancy whenever it doesn't matter yeah. IVF is still there but we need to remind everyone that IVF also has it very is. much uh, revolves around the woman's age as yeah. yes. uh, more good chances in mid 30s after that it declines very drastically so mm. we need to make everybody aware that IVF is not a magic doesn't matter whatever age yeah. but it declines as the natural fertility declines with age sure and so for any listeners that might not have heard of IVF can you just explain what yeah. you mean by that IVF uh, uh, meaning in vitro fertilization vitro meaning outside the body when the woman's eggs are taken by stimulating her ovaries because a woman uh, usually produce one eggs and occasionally two eggs but we stimulate her ovaries to produce more eggs take the eggs out and if the sperms are healthy moving fine good in numbers and shape and size we meet them together in the tube that's why it's called test tube baby as well sometimes mm-hmm. and if the sperm is not moving or less in number then we select the best one inject into the cytoplasm of the female's egg and when fertilization happen an embryo is created which is the future baby and then the embryo is placed back into the woman's uterus with other hormonal support and after replacement of the embryo two weeks later we do a pregnancy test and then she become as normal as anyone else conceived naturally right okay so it's, it's in relation to that beginning stage yeah, test yeah. tube it, people might have heard it referred to yeah, as test tube yes baby. yes yes because it's a fertilization is happening in the tube and it's outside the body that's why it's called in vitro fertilization Sure, that's so helpful to 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 understand that, and um, and yeah, just in relation from from your organization's perspective, um, uh, you know, in relate is age predominantly the main kind of factor that you see, or is, are there others? Well, age is one of them, but I I do just want to say that um, although age is a factor, what we're finding is it it generally isn't about. Um, people delaying it for a career or anything like that but actually people are often finding partners later mm. on in life 
So exactly. I, I just want yes, to make that sense. point because I don't want to uh, make anyone feel blamed that they've been, you know, mm. um, following a career path and that's the reason why actually often the delay is to do with finding partners later in life. But uh, medically, um, we're seeing so many different reasons for infertility. I mean, we've, we've known people have issues with their um, egg reserve um, as early on as um, late teens. Um, and we've had uh, men that we've known who've had issues um, from early 20s with sperm counts. And so there's a wide variety of reasons that people end up having to use fertility treatment. Um, but for each couple, it really is um, a very big process to go through. And uh, a lot of, they assumed would be quite an easy process. A lot of the time, people generally assume that they'll find a partner and conception will happen mm -hmm. quite easily. So there's often a real shock for couples um, and a, a huge amount of sadness. Um, we did uh, a survey a few years back about the emotional impact of infertility and we found that 90% of those going through um, infertility actually experience depression at one point or another. So this is an issue that really does uh, hit couples very hard. And support hmm. needs to be found. And and just I'm um, conscious we're fast approaching our our advert break. But Anya, just sticking with you in relation to the support groups and what's uh, what's hmm. available um, for for people for listeners that might have some concerns. Yeah, thank you. So Fertility Network run huge amounts of support. So we've got lots of handouts that you can download from the website. We run a really, really well-regulated um, community board that you can go and just meet with other people on uh, called Health Unlocked. We have um, a helpline and we have um, a support line. And then we run regional support groups where you can meet people in person that are going through the same. So please just go to our website, uh, Fertility Network UK, and there's lots of resources, lots of support, and you don't need to feel alone. Fantastic. That's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Shanaz, I just want to come in regards to specifically you've joined us from um, the Luton and Dunstable Hospital um, and what um, what have you, has been your experiences locally and what services are available locally for Lutonians? Yes, we, we do offer a very comprehensive service. We have a dedicated fertility IVF centre at Luton and Dunstable Hospital and very dedicated staffs and one-to-one -one care, and we offer personalized treatment care to them. As we just discussed, that fertility is a very distressful role and distressful condition, and couple, they go into a vicious circle of stress, and sometimes it's very difficult to break, so we have emotional support as well. And we also discussed earlier that uh, sometimes the weight issues, BMI, smoking, so we have developed links with Luton Total Wellbeing for local people where they can have weight management and emotional support. And also, I'm very proud that we have introduced a smoking cessation program, and a lady called Maureen from Luton Total Wellbeing comes and helps the patient there and then. So that is the support offered. And then uh, uh, because the people before uh, Luton people were traveling far, far distances to have mm. IVF treatment. So I'm very proud that we have this unit so they don't have to travel every uh, visit. They only go to visits to Bonehall, Cambridge, and we do all the satellite work, uh, and we have excellent success rates. Sure, and hopefully after the break, we can pick up a bit more about how um, residents can then be referred to your service and how yes, exactly yeah, they can yeah. they can engage with that. Um, Anya, I just want to come to you in regards to, we've spoken a lot about the, the um, impact for women, but for men specifically, what advice is there? Yeah, uh, thank you so much again for bringing that up because I think men are so often overlooked in this and as we've said previously, um, actually often it's about 50-50 in terms of the reasons for people seeking out fertility treatment. So the first thing that I'd want to say is that you are not on your own and um, men deserve just as much support as women. Men grieve, men really have a loss of identity a lot of the time. So please know that support is out there. Um, there's a fantastic um, 
group that is run, a closed Facebook group online uh, that men can access. It's only for men and uh, it's totally private and it's a great way of connecting with other men going through infertility. How would you, um, how would you get onto that? Yeah, it's so a contact Fertility Network UK and we can share the resources for that. Um, we've got, again, handouts. Um, support online for men going through it and watch out for Fertility Awareness Week um, end of October beginning of November because uh, we will be dedicating some of that week specifically to the male perspective but it's something that we're starting to see men talk about more which is fantastic and there's been some brilliant male spokespeople um, talking about their experiences of male infertility and I think the more and more uh, we see men talking about this and breaking the taboos the more we'll realise that men really do deserve uh, the emotional support when going through infertility. That's that's really helpful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I noticed there are also some resources in relation to um, advice for people that um, may have family or friends that are are struggling and um, what's the best way of supporting them as well. Mm. So it it really... um, you know is is fantastic to see how wide reaching your advice is so if anyone does have any concerns then they can um see the website i'm just conscious we're approaching our advert break so after the break we'll pick up this uh, conversation more so please do stay with us you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Assalamu alaikum and good evening to all our listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the Health and Fitness Show. I'm Suleiman Rafiq, your host for the evening. And in the first half of today's show, we've been focusing on uh, infertility or fertility. And uh, we're going to continue that discussion because we didn't quite finish it. And then we'll be moving on to discuss more about pregnancy and post-birth and free to feed campaign. So uh, thank you very much to our guests for giving up their time to be with us. Could I just ask you to very quickly introduce yourselves to anyone joining us now? Uh, I'm Jane Pickett, public health midwife at the Luton Dunstable Hospital. Um, yeah. I'm Shanaz Ekbe, consultant gynecologist and obstetrician at Luton and Dunstable Hospital and fertility specialist, senior consultant. Linda Masterson, I'm the UNICEF Baby Friendly Coordinator for Luton Community. That's great. Thank you again for your time. Um, So listeners, this is a live show. And so the reason we do it live is so you can uh, ask us any questions you would like to. Uh, You can do that by calling or WhatsApping us on 0777-948-1822. That's 0777-948-1822. Uh, I was interested to see we've got one listener from West Africa, Ghana. Yeah, so that's quite... It's quite We've not got any questions yet, though. No questions oh. specifically. Just one person reminded me that I needed to mention about men. So <laughs> which we have. Yeah, which we yeah. have. So, but flying the flag for men out there, oh. which, uh, which is nice in public <laughs> health. Part, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, Shinaz, I'd just like to come back to you in relation to we were discussing um, how fortunate we are now to have um, a lot of uh, services on our doorstep at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Can you just clarify how someone would actually access those services? Yes, uh, because it is an NHS uh, uh, trust, uh, the couple who are struggling or are worried about their fertility, they should contact their GP. And usually it is advisable to them that if they're young and healthy, no medical problem, no concerns, then they should try naturally for 12 months uh, and it, it, more than 85% or 90% will conceive during the first 12 months and the remaining 50% will conceive uh, of in the second year. But if they have concern, and especially as I mentioned earlier, if she is in mid-30s, <coughs> excuse me, she should be referred straight away to the fertility consultant in our center. And we accept referrals from the GPs all around, and patient has choice as well. And when they are referred, then they are seen. 
and especially if even if they are young and healthy and but before previously if they have any uh, conditions like sexually transmitted infections or treatment of cancer or any surgery or any gynecological conditions like polycystic ovaries endometriosis fibroids or in the male because as we are discussing that we always forget the male and we always focus mm -hmm. on the female but sometime in uh, in the male uh, case if there is some injury to the testicles or any tumors or undescended testicles or surgery or any infection they should seek and then be referred to us mm -hmm. but privately they can self refer uh, privately they can self refer as well and i accept self reference fantastic and uh, um so just to be clear then if someone is worried um about um their fertility um they should try for 12 months is that right no it's, no. it's not uh, like uh, one fit for everyone right, everybody's okay. an individual yeah as i said usually generally yeah. if they are young and healthy without any medical problem or condition that we discussed that if they are trying to conceive then they should have a preconception check mm. out meaning that they should not be smoking alcohol drugs medical problem or any surgery and if they have checked with the gp ideally should before trying to make sure they have checked with the gps that their vaccinations and everything is all uh, up to date then they are advised to try naturally have regular sexual intercourse three to four times a week without stressing without checking temperature ovulation which cause more stress and they should also know that in uh, young healthy couples uh under uh, 30 mid 30s and uh, there is a one in four chance couple will get pregnant each uh, menstrual cycle so it's not it's still 100 percent so mm. they should not get a stress and when they get uh, the they don't conceive within 12 months they should be referred to us and then as i said earlier if there is any definitive cause for subfertility or infertility like infections or surgeries or gynecological or medical problem they should be referred straight away to us hmm. and if nothing is wrong even if she is mid-30s she should be referred straight away sure no matter how old is her husband or partner right okay regardless of that yeah okay and then is there any oh, we've spoken a lot about the age of the woman but is there anything in relation to the age of men or does yes, it not quite yeah, work like uh, that it, there, there lots of recent studies are coming up because the couple said that why you always ask about the women <laughs> age or not because women are we uh, they are born with fixed number of eggs which decline with age and after 40 years, uh, the quality and the quantity goes down. But uh, the studies have shown in male uh, around 80 years of age, the testicles contain about 10% of sperms, and at uh, 20 to 39, 90% of uh, all the follicles in the testicles contain sperms. So it, it, the, the, the male factor, yes, it declines, but it's not a hard and fast rule. If male mm. is having any medical problem like diabetes, blood pressure, or any medication, smoking, or any recreational drug, then it affects. Sure. But age is not a crucial factor. Sure. And you mentioned... Uh, about stress and um specifically about the um like a lot of people have like calendars and yes, you know yes. like say taking temperatures and it's like not advisable time of days and all kinds of stuff mm, going yeah. on so <laughs> that is not because it's quite common isn't it yeah because if uh, yeah if mm -hmm. they are uh, uh, she's healthy and happy and not stressed about anything and not focusing on just that she's trying to conceive and then it they automatically develop themselves into a mode of stress mm. and which goes into their system and they live in a mode of stress and it's very very difficult to break that vicious circle mm. so that's why it is advisable that yes before trying consent have a checkup make sure there is no cause uh, which will be uh, affecting their fertility like weight, BMI, smoking, medical problem, vaccination, any previous history of sexually transmitted infection or any, then they should be happy and relaxed. And I strongly discourage that to check their temperature for ovulation and then say, my egg is there, where is my partner, I need to catch egg, that sort of thing it shouldn't be. Mm. And also don't get obsessed that I'm trying now and in three months my period's coming and as soon as they are trying and every month they get so distressed and upset, no, they shouldn't. Mm. Because as just mentioned earlier, even young healthy couple, there is one in four chance, uh, one in four couple will get uh, conception in each menstrual cycle. Sure. 
that's that, that's really helpful just before i move on is there anything else you want to add in relation to fertility or infertility from our stress i'm interested no, does stress oh. affects your fertility so yes. when you say about not getting stressed if you get stressed that you're not pregnant then you get extra stress it's not a vicious circle so that's why i reassured them and i talked to my couples and that's when i was having fertility training i realized that i can't cope so i went to south bank university as a part-time student to mm. have counseling skills right. so degree so i listen to my couples and most of them they say when we come and talk to you we get pregnant yeah. <laughs> because they come down also of the um, families and oh, yeah. friends around yeah. Yeah. You know, if your friends and your relatives mm. are all having babies yeah. and well, you just got married the next, the baby next yes. yeah. Yeah. and it's very uh, difficult isn't very it that difficult, adds to yeah. the um, mm adds to the difficulty yeah. it's like most of my couples mentioned that my sister has a baby and i can't go to oh. the christening and mm. also this all is stress yeah. so i talk to them reassure them don't yeah. compare with anyone mm. and sometimes they don't go to social gathering like birthdays and oh, things so this should be and we offer counseling as well and i talk to them and the most of them we, they are very happy and successful mm. <laughs> yeah. in that first instance it's like it's a well. grieving isn't it it's yeah. like a grieving process mm. You, you haven't had something yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes something you, you feel you get married and it's a normal part of the uh, pattern it's, an, it's the norm to get married and have a, a child mm-hmm. and then suddenly it doesn't happen and yeah and also thing. sometime in our community here family pressures yeah mm-hmm. that's very very important yeah. and we i've seen couples after two months of trying i am getting stressed baby's not coming two what months is yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. i've seen so yeah. i have to I talk to them was getting married and before she's even married she started to get stressed about falling yeah. pregnant i was yeah. like what are you doing you're <laughs> married yet yeah. so when i talk to them Reassure them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I talk to them, reassure, listen mm. to them, and make sure everything is okay. And they come. Oh, you were right. Mm. And we are happy. Fine. Yeah. So they need to relax. Yeah, and not to delay. Mm. <laughs> they are trying. They need to take folic acid as well, though. That's yeah. one thing we do look for. Folic acid is really good. And make really sure important. they are. Imu- she is immune to rubella, yeah. and uh, n- not having any other medical condition. And sure. uh, make sure all the checks are done. But don't expect everyone to remember all this stuff. Remember, they can go to their GP. They can yeah. get, speak to their nurse. They haven't got to know all. The, we, we know the stuff that we're talking about at the moment. But mm. go and seek some support. So yeah. you don't know and you're worried. And ask. Go and see an, you know mm. through a GP Absolutely. or ring the maternity unit. Yeah. And you can advise what direction yeah. to take. And the um, the NHS website as well yeah, is really quite. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. I think recently, Tommy's is really good as well. Tommy's okay. has a preconception area on there, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and it's done the back of a lot of research, and so mm. Tommy's is really good. We've mm. got a lot of women to look at the Tommy's website, but the NHS one is actually for the is very good. Yeah, a lot of information on there. Yeah. Um, and don't, also, I don't know whether they translate it into yeah. different languages, but I'm pretty sure you could probably find something on there that might cover another language. Yeah, yeah, or Google Translate. Yeah, and also advise that if she's uh, suffering from diabetes or any medical condition, make sure all is stabilized before her, her trying to conceive. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, just thank you to our listeners. We've just uh, got some comments, questions. Oh, just um, folic acid? Question yes. mark. Yeah, folic acid definitely. Really? Um, what, what is the age? preconception and up to twelve weeks of the first trimester? It so reduces how do you increase your folic acid? Sorry, ignorance. Supplement. Take a supplement. Supplement. Oh, you take, take supplements. Yeah, yeah. So you can take a supplement of it. Um, Pregnacare includes it within it. So you want, but we don't have. You don't have to take a Pregnacare. You can mm. take any kind of folic acid. I usually, I usually advise when you're trying to oh. conceive to start taking healthy living style, healthy yeah. diet, fresh fruits, vegetables, and yeah. Pregnacare for conception. Mm. And then during pregnancy, if needed, pregnant care for pregnancy mm. and lactation yeah and are there any foods that have that in or yes, is it just the all, supplement all the tomatoes oranges oh. colored green vegetables fruits and healthy fresh fruits and vegetables yeah. and we um so you get the healthy start vitamins in lutein as well yeah, so once yeah. you're pregnant you can then start taking the healthy start vitamins which are really key um that, and just keeping you healthy again through your pregnancy so you're mm. making sure you're covering all your angles and then you're going through and once you're pregnant it's also that the vitamin d supplement as well so yeah. Yeah. And i think the important thing to remember is that you do need to take the vitamins the, all the way through yeah you know, it's not just the one packet that you get initially yeah. mm. you must you take it every and, month and also balance with healthy diet yeah. and exercise mm. and exercise and, exercise yeah. and no Even smoking yeah. yeah it's much better walk, than just yeah. sitting there and thinking i'm pregnant i've got to sit here and mm. your joints seize up and your mm. movements end more difficult and stuff like that and stop smoking and alcohol and yeah and so we've kind of naturally moved on to talking more about pregnancy so Mm -hmm. all being well um the uh, the lady will fall pregnant if if that's what she wants uh 
I'm just concentrating. You, know, you actually have a uh, clinic yes. this afternoon, don't you? So you'll be leaving us shortly. Yes, um, I'm sorry. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, I really appreciate your time and your input. So I know you've got a few more minutes, yes, but I'm yes, just yes. conscious that you will have to shoot off in a minute. Um, so just moving on in relation to uh, pregnancy and uh, having a healthy and happy pregnancy. Um, Jane, just coming to you now, what what are some of the signs that a woman might may be pregnant? So, um, well, the main one would be the fact they missed their period. Obviously, it would have been obvious one to, to um, show that you're pregnant. But you might get other symptoms, like you might feel sick, a bit nauseous. You might actually be sick. Um, tender breasts. You might find that you wee a lot more. Um, you might be quite hormonal, um, maybe constipated as well, unfortunately. All these lovely side effects of pregnancy. But, yeah, um, and, and you might feel quite tired. So, actually, you fall asleep and you're very exhausted. It's not a case of you just going to bed. You are actually exhausted. And also, if she's having regular periods and she suddenly has some irregular bleed, she should always check mm. a pregnancy test. Mm. Uh, so, that mm. is very, very important. Yeah. Sometimes they have irregular bleeding during pregnancy and if they had irregular periods previously, they think this is it, so but they need to do a pregnancy test. Yeah. Great. Always do, always do a pregnancy test to make sure to show you pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier about um, some of the support that's available through the Total Wellbeing program yeah, that you're totally. involved in. So, can you just elaborate on that for us? So, Total Wellbeing for us in Luton is fab. It supports all um, women in pregnancy with the Stop Smoking service. Maureen is actually for the fertility, but she also covers pregnancy. She'll, she'll see women all the way through. Um, we're doing some work around some collaborative working with midwives and um, the Smoking Cessation Service. And then we're linked quite closely to Total Wellbeing's weight management service but in pregnancy it's around being healthy we're not trying to get you to lose weight we're trying to make sure that you're eating healthily in pregnancies they've got 10 key steps or key parts of advice they want you to do so they want you to start with a healthy breakfast start your day off well um, they aim for you to mix your um, five five a day for your fruit and vitamins that they um, advise you to make sure that you're taking um, food from all of your four main food groups you choose nutritious snacks rather than the fatty salty um, sugary snacks you're keeping active but if you haven't been active before it's not saying um, that you can't then increase yourself up to this physical activity ideally 30 minutes five times a, um, five times a week but it's getting out there getting some fresh air because and getting your body moving because mm. it's going to take on quite a lot of with that blood going around it and the pressures be aware of the food safety in pregnancy you've got a lot of foods that you can and can't eat and the best way to refer to a double check that is the NHS website because it does change a little bit over time but mainly um, be aware of food safety. safety. Um, you don't actually need to eat more in pregnancy in the first and second trimester it's not eating for two you only need an extra 200 calories in the third trimester so when we say the third trimester it's the latter part of pregnancy mm. um, well, so, you still hear that so often don't yeah, you yeah yeah eat for yeah. two no you yeah. don't really you yeah. don't um, yeah. stay hydrated um, take your supplements and seek support if you need for other mm. if you need some support for the alcohol input or your mental mm. health and bits mm. and pieces you're, you are going to struggle in pregnancy it's a mm. difference you're going to have the pressures from family you're going to have a lot to seek support but the weight management service um they actually run a weekly program where they get women together and they discuss all of these and they teach women how to choose the right foods look at labels and make the right choices um which will take them on in life for choosing foods mm. for their children they do a little bit of exercise and there's a midwives go along we have midwifery sessions that actually i can ask midwives about bits and pieces in, in there um they also run the aquanatal which is good exercise in pregnancy because you can your body weight is lighter so you can do your exercise without a strain in your body um and they're, they're just a very good support and you don't get that in every area we're very lucky mm. in Luton to have that support yeah absolutely Jeanette. i just uh, wanted to inform that we are uh, hosting a big event in collaboration with two luton total well-being a fertility event for the public okay uh, within a few months we Great. are in the process of organizing fantastic yeah yes. we'd love it if you could share more details about yes, that once yes, it's uh, yes. and once it's been arranged yes, yeah yes that sounds really interesting um, so the total wellbeing sessions for pregnancy they mm. run on a Monday um, at Lucy Sports Centre and they're six till seven thirty p.m. They run them on a Wednesday at the Inspire Sports Village and that's at nine thirty to eleven a.m. And they as I said they run the Aquanatal which is um, five pounds seventy ago. But if you're on any other programs like Me Time Family or on our weight management service, then you can get that for free. Sure. Um, and then um, and they're looking to add sessions to it. But we need women to come to these sessions mm. and take advantage of them to make them the and share. Yeah, get to know people in your area and um, share good tips, bad tips, what they found good and bits mm. and pieces and actually spread that 
love amongst each other really because you kind of only learn from other people who've been there previously you don't know yeah. what you don't know yeah absolutely. so come along and find out what you don't know because we need yeah. women to engage with it and so those classes on monday and wednesday they're free they're free yeah okay um you should be able to refer, be referred through your midwife okay. but if not so you need go, to be referred no not okay. necessarily no they can just come along um at the moment so if they wanted to go on the total well-being website look up the information or there's a phone number we'll add to this link great when, when you put it up and the um, email address they can email through and just come mm along because we want every woman to be healthy in their pregnancy or as yeah. healthy as they can be we're not and we don't want to think about coming along and you're going to get told off for doing anything mm. um god i can talk about eating healthily i certainly don't do it all the time that's for sure um so it's not a turn off session it's just information and it's making women understand the benefits of being healthy in pregnancy because you want the best start for your baby and you want the best mm. uh, best pregnancy for yourself so yeah we want to help as many people as we can with that great shanaz is there Thank any you, last so, messages you yes. want to share with i wish all our listener uh, all the best and thank, thank you. you very much thank, you. thank you very much for your time and then jane just in relation yeah. to when i was looking up about this uh topic there was um quite a bit around having a birth plan a birth plan yeah Ooh, it's, first birth plan. it's first time i've heard of that <laughs> so you can plan for a birth but you can't plan for pregnancy it's <laughs> ironic isn't it no um a birth plan is like is um once you i think a lot of women would be honest and say they they do they don't think about giving birth before they go to do it so therefore you get to that point in pregnancy where you think oh my god actually I've got to give birth and it's thinking about things about what would you like for your birth would you like music would you like some relaxation techniques where would you like to give birth would you like to give birth at home in our midwifery birth led birth unit would you like to be on the labor ward because you've got extra doctor input would you and what type of pain relief would you like would you like to try water so these are options you have yes. yeah these right. are all options you have in pregnancy but the woman has to or um think about what things they would like it's their preference it's mm. not us to dictate to them what they can have unless there's certain conditions because often it feels that way that you you as the we professional just tell yeah uh, you know, there the, are certain, the patient there are certain areas where we mm. will yeah we do that there are safeties mm. for safety of the woman that there will be guidance around it but even then you have um different avenues you can take mm. and we have a great um birth team at the Luton Dance Board that can talk you through all your options if there's mm. anything outside what we call the normal or mm. what might be nice guidance and things like that but a birth plan would be pain relief what type of birth would you looking for obviously we can't plan how your labor is going to pan out but you can actually have an idea and I think mentally if you're focused on what you would like you've got more chance of it happening mm. but at the same time be flexible mm. don't put yourself in that risk category by being so restrictive mm. that you're not not then open to the, the interventions that we need to to help you sure. so some of it might be the way we monitor the baby in labor mm. it might be the way you might need to have this a little bit we can perform an assisted delivery um certain things um around that type of things so yeah and, and, mm. and for us it'd be about how after birth as well we talk about the delivery but actually after mm. do you want skin to skin with your baby mm. yes, yes we want to encourage all our women to have skin to skin with um so therefore once you, we don't want the women to be aware of that once they've delivered the baby will be skin to skin with them for to aid that bonding to aid your feeding um and the, and the help for the feeding um yeah so it's it's the whole and discuss it with your midwife it's not a thing that you've got to go online and have a look at it and do it all by yourself discuss it with the, mm. with your midwife so that then you can talk about your options because there are certain things around it that will be a clinical term that you probably won't understand sure. and that's for us to answer and like can i just say mm? what's really important about skin to skin is that the baby's given the opportunity to stay in skin to skin for a length of time yeah. it's not just putting the baby on and taking oh, yeah, the baby take it off. off. It's very much about allowing the baby to go through nine stages of yeah. being prepared. But it's just been delivery. born. Mm. It's just been um, born. It's mm. come through quite a traumatic yes. experience. It wants a little bit of love from its mum, so yeah. it can smell its mum and it can hear yes. its mum's heartbeat, and it wants the, the it bond is so critical in yeah. that first couple of hours and days that and skin to skin is an imperative. And yeah. ideally, to be in skin to skin. So mm -hmm. that the baby can actually achieve its first feed, feed. and we mm. know that if the baby can feed um, well in skin to skin, the chances of being successful in breastfeeding, yeah. mm. um, that's a really good start to mm. know that the baby has yeah. actually been able to achieve that. And that kind of nicely moves us on in terms of why, why is breastfeeding so important why, you know, for the newborn? Well, what I'm going to start out with first is really just some information about, I mean, the UK has one of the lowest breastfeeding rates in the whole mm. world and um, in the UK about 81% initiate breastfeeding and by the time we get to six to eight weeks exclusively breastfeeding is probably down at 24% where mm. 
whereas um, any breastfeeding, so people who do mixed hmm. feeding, that is around about 50%. However, in Luton, we are actually really very uh, good. Hmm. Any breastfeeding in Luton, we have a rate of between 58 and 60%. And I think that's due to a lot of the support from the community hmm. um, staff, making sure that the lady gets the support. Flying start, yeah, and flying the flying start cafe. and the um, health visitor. Um, assistance mm. yeah. in um, the community um, and we know that the WHO recommends exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life really? and unfortunately in this country by the time we get to six months mm. only one percent of the population mm. are actually still mm. breastfeeding so that's quite sad yeah but we have loads and loads of research mm. to show us that there are enormous benefits mm. to people's health and well-being not just to the infants but actually to the mothers as well okay so the world um, health organization recommend up to six months up exclusively to six months exclusive, breastfeeding, exclusive breastfeeding and then to start adding um in solid foods alongside breastfeeding yeah, for up to two that. years yeah okay um, and two years and beyond yeah. whatever um, women want to do yeah. but we know um that there's really a powerful factor in the research shows that yeah. breastfeeding has a powerful factor in infant not just physical health, mm. but emotional health. Sure. We also know um, a lot more about um, microbiome and mm. epigenetics and about brain growth, mm. much more associated mm. with um, with breastfeeding. I'm just and, I'm conscious of time, and I'm yes. I'm aware that I've seen the hashtag free to yes. feed uh, mm -hmm. and program. Yes. Uh, that, can you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the Equality Act of 2010 states that it's um, discriminatory to. Um, treat women unfavorably if they're um, breastfeeding, and especially in public places. So our aim with the campaign was to um, encourage women and to support them, to give them the confidence that, um, that they can feed their children anywhere, anytime, wherever they want to. It, this was a, a normal practice. And that's that's our vision of the free to feed campaign. And we started it in July this year. And um, and it's really to support women across Luton and Bedfordshire. And um, <clears throat> we um, we just want to increase that profile Great. of people understanding that it actually it's normal. Yep. It's normal to breastfeed and it's mm -hmm. an okay thing to do in public places. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some videos. Great. We have... Um, just so we are just approaching the end of the okay. show. So we would love to bring you back on. Yes. Uh, and we'll discuss that in a bit more detail. Okay. Thank you very much, listeners, and see you next week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.